Welcome to Behind the Warrior, a podcast presented by the EOD Warrior Foundation. This series will focus on resources, interviews, and topics impacting EOD warriors, their families, and the military community at large. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Behind the Warrior podcast. This is Sherry Beck, and today I am speaking with Marcy Friedman, who is the owner of Echo Hill Ranch, and also Bobby McBride, who is the military outreach volunteer for Echo Hill Ranch. Um, Echo Hill is located in the foothills of Texas, and Bobby and Marcy, welcome to Behind the Warrior podcast. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you, Sherry. You are welcome. This is going to be fun. Um, Well, Marcy, I always like to ask interviewees to tell us a little bit about themselves. So, well, my name my name is Marcy Friedman, and I was born in Austin, Texas. Born and raised there. And over the years, I have had the opportunity to uh, work with my family with our children's camp. I've also served with the American Red Cross International Services for about 15 years overseas, including um, uh, uh, Vietnam, uh, Turkey, the Americas, the Caribbean. And about 15 years ago, I joined the uh, Department of State. So I'm a commissioned foreign service officer. And uh, I'm very happy to have some time to be back in Texas. Very nice. Very nice. Bobby, how about you? Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. Um, Well, I was born on a a naval base in San Diego, uh, right as my father was transitioning out of the Navy. And then uh, we moved to Colorado, uh, drove cross country there when I was about six weeks old. (laughs) So really, I I grew up in Colorado even though my birth certificate says California, but uh, claim Colorado. Um, and then I, uh, I went to the University of Notre Dame for college, go Irish, and, mm-hmm. uh, and then joined the Army, which uh, has moved me and my family all around. So we've lived in Texas, we've lived in Washington and Kansas, and uh, now in, in North Carolina. So um, that's, uh, that's where I currently, currently reside. Very cool. Very cool. Well, as I stated in the intro, Echo Hill Ranch is located in the Hill Country of Texas, and it it focuses on providing summer camp experiences for the children of Gold Star families. So, Marcy, can you share the history of Echo Hill um, and your parents' legacy and how you and your brother are bringing it back to life? My pleasure, Sherry. So uh, my folks were originally uh, born in Chicago, and my family's originally from Chicago, and they were second generation to our grandparents who had immigrated from Europe, from Eastern Europe. And my father uh, served in the Army Air Corps in World War II as a navigator, and he and my mom were in San Antonio uh, for training. So following the, uh, the war, uh, they moved back to Texas, which they like, and they'd been very interested in uh, children and development of children, so they decided to uh, open a children's camp in the Texas Hill Country. So that operated successfully for close to 60 years, and uh, my father taught at the University of Texas. Uh, my mother was very active in uh, the school districts and programs for children with disability. And the camp started in 53 and uh, continued until uh, we lost them uh, after almost uh, 50 years. Wow. 
Wow. Well, what an incredible, incredible, um, you know, gift that they had and the, the willingness for them to give back to children. So that sounds really, really nice. And do you remember as a child, um, Echo Hill Ranch and it being a lot, you know, uh, um, just very vibrant and full of kids in the summer and all that sort of thing? Oh, yes, very much. Uh, the camp is actually older than I am, something that I like to point out to my older <laughs> brother. He's our, uh, our co-owner and has been very active in, in our efforts uh, to resurrect the camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I do. Um, I have many, many happy memories of being in nature, feeling very comfortable in nature with horses, looking at stars at night, uh, singing singing together, um uh, going to different activities with friends and uh, meeting just a lot, a lot of different wonderful people that are a number of whom are still involved right now in our efforts. Mm-hmm. Well, that's amazing. That's really, really cool. Um, I mentioned the mission of Echo Hill briefly, um, but tell me the extended version and what what it means to you um, and your brother to um, start this inaugural year, really, 2021, over again, um, as as we all attempted to do things in 2020, but 2021 seems to be the year that everything is coming together. So can you can you share a little bit more about what the camp means to you? Sure. Thank, thanks, Sherry. Um, we were talking with our volunteers at the training now that um, this summer, 2021, for Gold Star Camp, will be the first time since 1953 that we've had all first-time campers. Mm-hmm. And there's two, sort of two sides or two halves uh, to the whole. Uh, the first is that Echo Hill Ranch for so many years had a wonderful a local, national, and international reputation. It's a very special place for children. And my folks had a special approach, and uh, we have third and fourth generation alumni, and there's many people who remember campus as so formative in their lives, one of the major influences in their lives. And that part was very powerful. So to have the camp be closed and not have any children around, honestly, was getting to be pretty sad. Mm-hmm. The second piece, um, I would say, is that in my work with Red Cross, and in my work with the State Department, uh, where I have, uh, I have a special interest in uh, conflict areas, I spent more and more time um, in partnership or working with our military colleagues. And that kind of culminated, and Bobby, Bobby may say a bit more, but we were, uh, I had the opportunity through the Department of State to join a program at the National Defense University for a year at Bragg. And some of uh, uh, some of our classmates on the military side uh, have been uh, intimately involved with the project and invaluable in getting it opened. Mm-hmm. So there was a piece where I was thinking about the service of our military brothers and sisters, themselves, their families. And so those two ideas were kind of growing in my mind, if that makes any sense. And we were thinking maybe we could do something at the ranch for veterans. And all of a sudden, the, the idea the idea really came uh, kind of at the same time to several of us. Why not take what Echo Hill is really good at, giving children a safe, positive, away-from-home experience, and provide it to a group of children that really are all of our responsibility. 
And uh, one of one of the things we think about is, you know, th- these are our children too. Uh, their families and uh, their fathers have really made the ultimate sacrifice. And um, you know, wh- what better uh, what better way to honor those memories and support those children than providing this this type of experience? Mm-hmm. And as we um, began to move forward, you know, at first I worried a little bit, like maybe people will think it's strange, you know, civilians involved and so on. This has been a beautiful military-civilian partnership with equal number of enthusiasm and volunteers from our alumni and civilians, but also uh, the military. And it's made a lot of sense because it's not... You know, people talk about the 1% or, you know, some of our volunteers, they've never met anyone who's currently serving in the military, and they're excited about doing it. So they are learning more, and the Echo Hill approach has also really been embraced um, by our partners. So I think, to me, that's that's extremely important. Now, that may be a little, little more of an extended version than you would like, but uh, those two pieces are very near and dear to my heart. No, I and also it. to my brothers, mm-hmm. and uh, we think that's a that's a real way to to honor folks. Uh, my brother keeps a bumper sticker on his truck. It says, "If you want to thank a veteran, be an American worth fighting for." Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you know, let's let's step up and see what we can do. Right. Thanks. Right. Well, it takes people like you and your brother to step up, and all of the volunteers and the community support to um, to really rally around people that have suffered a loss. You know, the loss of a parent is is significant, and um, for you and your brother to think of that and carry on your mom and dad's legacy of helping children in that in that situation, I think, is just fantastic. And um, you know. Um, I, I love the answer that you provided, and it kind of leads me to another question. Um, and um, I know that you have a strong community approach, um, Marcy, in in getting the community involved, civilians, military, all those sorts of service members. So I tell you what, we'll circle back to that one because I wanted to ask Bobby about about his his involvement and how he got involved first. But um, at any rate, I have another question for you. (laughs) Um, Bobby, how did you become involved with volunteering for Echo Hill? And and why is this so important to you? Yeah, well, well, first off, I'll say Marcy is just a really talented diplomat. She can get people to go along with anything. But uh, I mean, this, this mission really sold itself. As she mentioned, we were at uh, National Defense University and a lot of uh, colleagues that we had there who are still involved as well, um, you know, started talking about this idea and and it just it just sat so well with all of us. Um, I know me and my my other military colleagues have uh, experienced quite a bit of uh, uh, you know turmoil over this last 20 years of war. Um, you know, as we speak, I think they're retrograding some some uh, forces there over in Afghanistan after 20 years. Mm-hmm. And over the course of that time, many of us uh, have had a lot of experience, you know, unfortunately with, you know, losing some of our, our um, members in arms, losing some of our brothers uh, and sisters in some cases. And, and, you know, me personally, you know, it's story just comes to mind where, you know, I was a senior leader of uh, of a unit when we uh, had a helicopter crash in our in our organization, and you know, I was the one 
you know, back home station at the time that got one of the initial calls. And, you know, from there you have the casualty assistance process, uh, casualty notification process that the, the DOD covers. And, um, and, you know, I had to choose essentially who would be that notification officer to go inform the family. And in this case, you know, the, uh, his wife, uh, you know, they had five children. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, he had to go over there and just give the worst news you can possibly give. And, uh, and it, it just hits you hard, uh, you know, not just losing your, your brother, but also just the continual sacrifice that the family makes even after that loss, you know, manifesting itself and, you know, and key experiences like, uh, you know, marriages and, and, uh, graduations and, you know, just childhood in general. So, you know, this mission really resonated with me. You know, I'm, I'm acting solely as a, a volunteer. I'm not speaking at, you know, as a member of, uh, you know, the army, the army's position. This is purely my, uh, my personal, uh, influence or my personal, uh, um, personal aspect, uh, not, you know, that's the, the standard disclaimer, but, mm-hmm. um, and I'm really happy to say that, you know, those two of those, of uh, those five kids are coming to the ranch this summer. And it's really, uh, it's really exciting to see, you know, to be able to give back to that family, even, uh, even as you transition to different units, um, even as, you know, unfortunately you, you lost a good friend, um, uh, but to, to maintain that connection. Yeah. Yeah. So important to maintain the connection and to make um, make sure that folks still feel very much part of a community. And um, I'm I'm feel very uh, certain that Echo Hill makes that happen. Um, Bobby, please uh, explain your role as the military outreach volunteer and what it is you do and how you're preparing for uh, receiving children in in just about, I don't know, five days or so. <laughs> yeah, very exciting times. Um, so again, just in my personal capacity, nothing uh, official capacity, you know, with me still being in the uniform, but, you know, I'm just one of many dedicated volunteers who support this project. We have you know, a few active duty soldiers. We have some veterans. We have, as Marcy mentioned, a lot of uh, Echo Hill alum uh, that support this uh, project. But in, in my role specifically, you know, I our strategy has been to, to reach out to organizations, you know, such as yourself, EOD Warrior Foundation, and, you know, many others, um, you know, Marine Recon Foundation, Night Stalker Association, Families of Followed Night Stalkers, and just other really good partners who already serve gold star uh, families in their communities and um and reaching out to them and seeing if this this camp would be something that they'd want to um advertise to their community as as is you know maybe integrated in part of their programs um it's been very successful we've had a very great response with with everyone that we've uh, talked to and in a lot of cases it it uh it seems to have been filling a little bit of a need um Particularly the age range that we that we uh, uh, cater to, that eight to twelve uh, primarily, but all, it can also go all the way up to the teenage years. Um, they don't necessarily have a lot of options. You know, they have education options. They have all these other things that are that are great. But the model of the camp being a you know a ten day sleepaway camp that was something that 
they they didn't necessarily have access to and in some in, in many cases that some of their communities were asking for because they'd go on a couple day retreat and you know they they wish that you know it could be longer so mm-hmm. uh we were very happy that our approach has been so successful we we're sitting at um actually got two more requests today before this call but uh we uh were over 50 children this summer for our first year and um spread amongst the services uh, a lot of mostly army but you know a lot of marines uh some navy as well and uh you know eventually in future years trying to open it up to to first responders and uh those who've lost their uh lives in in that uh, duty and service so mm-hmm. uh it's been it's been really great yeah well everyone there is doing such great work um in preparation for your first uh, camping session, which is June 21st to the 30th of, of uh, this month. So um, everybody's getting ready, and that's really exciting. Um, I know, Bobby, when you and I spoke on the phone, um, we talked about the definition, really, of a gold star child. And you shared something interesting with me, and I appreciated it so much in reference to the congressional definition versus what Echo Hill actually defines a gold star child as. So can you can you just um, expand on that for me and share what your thought process is about that? Yeah, so when we were first launching on this project, you know, there there is a congressional definition of what a gold star spouse is, what a gold star child is. Um, and, you know, in, in a lot of ways that, that definition is... is very limiting, um, especially due to the nature of, of how, uh, some service members, uh, perish. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were really battling with that. And that would be, that was a lot of the first questions when we engaged with some of our partners is, well, who is eligible? And we really thought about it for a lot of times. And, 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 uh, we realized we just wanted to take the approach from the child's perspective, uh, to where, they just lost their dad or they lost their, their mom and it doesn't matter how. Uh, so, you know, and, and that's not necessarily the focus of the camp. The camp, the focus of the camp is, is for kids to have fun and, and just be around, uh, some of their peers who unfortunately have all experienced the same trauma very young at a very young age. So we don't, we don't make a distinction right now between, whether a service member was killed in combat or whether it was a training accident or whether it was a suicide or an illness, um, it, it doesn't matter. We look at it from the child's perspective. They no longer have um, one of the most important people in their lives you know, with them anymore. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's how we've approached it. And it, it's been very well received uh, mm-hmm. throughout, throughout the partners who we've spoken with. Right. Well, that's fantastic. I think, you know, when it, it's easy to sometimes put a label on things, you know, and uh, kind of get stuck in right. that label, if you will. And I love that, you know, everybody there is very inclusive. And, you know, the, the fact that the common link to every child is that they've lost a parent and it doesn't matter how. So I, I think it's I think it's great. So. Thank you for for being, you know, thinking out of the box on that. (laughs) Um, Sure. 
Marcy, Echo Hill has a very strong community approach and from the children and relationships with the parents as well and to the volunteers. Um, how did you arrive at this model for your nonprofit? Well, I, I think that there was a natural outgrowth of the coming together of Echo Hill Ranch, the Gold Star community, our community volunteers, our friends from the military. And it occurred to me that as much as we know about children and child development, uh, we need to learn more and engage with our community. We're also part of the local community in the Texas Hill Country. We have a long-time vendors and businesses that wanted to help out. Um, when some articles appeared in the newspaper, we started getting calls from people who wanted to help. And I think that perhaps that community approach is something that has developed based on my early experiences at Echo Hill and my experiences in working uh, with the American Red Cross and in uh, and also uh, with the Department of State. So we began, for example, uh, we set a policy that going out and talking to all of our partner groups, uh, that that would be done, first of all, through our military volunteers. So there would be more of a connection, a higher comfort level, and most of the uh, interviews and conversations we'd have, we'd have one leadership military volunteer and one leadership Echo Hill volunteer. So groups that we were meeting with would get right away the flavor, the flavor of the organization. And we also decided from the beginning that we would not raise money from the military groups that we were serving. So when we began to meet with folks and uh, I don't know, Bobby, maybe 15 or 20 different different groups and organizations, we always had the same thing we were interested in. What are your recommendations or referrals for children to come to camp? What are your recommendations and referrals for volunteers, both as counselors and to help uh, during the year? And finally, what uh, what is your advice? What is your perspective? What, what would you like us to be mindful of? And these kind of conversations were great. And it led to uh, a number of the uh, approaches that we have, the length of the camp session, the age of the campers, um, the definition of gold star, even some of the activities. And uh, I think that that approach was, was very organic and uh, you know, grew, grew naturally from, uh, from the involvement. It's not something we could do from top down or any one person can do. And I like the way that you said it, Sherry, because I hadn't really thought of it specifically. We're taking a strong community approach. We are. <laughs> we were and we are. But... Uh, I just kind of thought of it as, as a, you know, an Echo Hill approach. And there's room for everybody. And as Bobby was saying, there's been uh, one of the gentlemen coming up for our orientation uh, that will be able to speak with the volunteers is in the Ranger Hall of Fame. He's a Vietnam veteran. So we have, you know, all, all different uh, folks. We have Echo Hill alumni who were at camp in the 60s coming up to do some song leading and uh, different kinds of uh, creative programming with the children. So uh, it, it is very exciting, and it, uh, as Bobby said, it, it, it uh, there's an integrity and a dedication to the idea that draws people in. Right, right. Well, and you have a level of just um, sincerity that goes along with that too, and I I believe that that shows through very very brightly. <laughs> so um, that's that's really really cool, and I also love that 
it's it's almost as if you're taking an approach to educating um, your volunteers uh, that, like you said, may not have any affiliation with the military at all and bringing in people that could potentially share a story or answer questions really helps the volunteers also understand, you know, sort of where the the children are, the culture that the children have been involved in for for their lives. And um, I I really like that. I think it's super smart. Thank you. We definitely appreciate our, our partnership with the OD Warrior Foundation, one of our most uh, early and valuable partners in many, many ways. <laughs> yeah, we actually, I think we started the conversation um, before COVID-19 hit. I think we were on the <laughs> phone, um, you, Nicole, Bobby, and I, and we had a really nice conversation about Echo Hill Ranch and what you're, what you were envisioning. And um, then COVID-19 hit and everything had to be put on hold, like many, many nonprofit organizations and programs across across the globe. So um, with that, how did you how did you overcome those obstacles? How did you just kind of pump the brakes a little bit to say, okay, not now, but we are still going to keep moving forward? How did you manage through that, Marcy? Well, we, we talked about this a, a great deal because, of course, our highest priority is the safety and welfare of the children, and we also didn't want any added stress to families, anybody worrying. So we had set a date that was fairly close to the start date of, of the summer, of the camp session, so that we could see how things were going. And unfortunately, in Texas, it looked like COVID was spiking. Mm-hmm. So Bobby and I personally contacted the mother of every child who was registered to let them know what had happened, what we were doing, and that anyone who was signed up for 2019, uh, sorry, 2020, would automatically be enrolled for 2021 if they would still like to attend. Because some of the children were afraid that, you know, if they were 12 and, you know, maybe they would get too old or, you know, just concerned. And everybody was disappointed, but everybody was relieved. There was there was nobody that said, "Why, why are you not having the camp this summer?" I think it, uh, and I think it also demonstrated our genuine concern. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I did not feel comfortable opening the camp under these conditions, and our leadership volunteers agreed with me. We just did not know enough. Nobody knew enough about COVID, and we were able to send that sort of. Uh, disappointing message that we're not opening to also strengthen um, our professionalism in terms of how we work with families and children. You know, we're not going to, I mean, it it was really tough to to stand down then, but it also felt right. Mm -hmm. And we wanted children to come to camp where they can really experience things fully and where it's not a lot of added stress. So uh, we had then talked with some other uh, military groups about perhaps having children come up in the fall for the day or the week. But they also, everybody was kind of switching away to virtual. Mm-hmm. So a couple of activities we did have during the year is a number of our military volunteers in San Antonio came out in October, and they ran a 10-miler here. So they had a chance to get off base, and you know, it was organized. And uh, then we had in the spring an event uh, for the um, Bataan Death March Memorial Marathon, because that also um, had shifted because of COVID, was not being run in, in White Sands. So our military friends and volunteers in San Antonio came out, and we folded in the event with inviting some of our friends of Gold Star. So that, that was very exciting, too. Mm-hmm. And we stayed in touch with everybody and provided the, the regular updates. Yeah. Well, 
it was it was good to touch base every once in a while because I I knew after our conversation with you and Bobby that you know we were very interested in in continuing the conversation and the partnership. Um, so very happy about um, the fact that the EOD Warrior Foundation is fortunate enough to partner with you guys this year, and we are sending uh, five EOD Gold Star children to the camp and. Um, Tell our listeners the different programs that you offer and the age groups that you serve. Mm-hmm. That's a question from R.C. or Bobby or both of us? Um, or? How about Bobby? You want to talk about it, Bobby? <laughs> sure. Um, well, I know Marcy can, uh, can talk a little bit and fill in the gaps, but we haven't changed the model really that Echo Hill has followed for, for years. And, you know, looking at it from a perspective of a, you know, a active duty service member, but also a dad, um, I, you know, we haven't had to, to adjust things. They, you know, they have um, routines over the course of the 10 days where they live in, um, in bunkhouse, um, bunkhouse settings with, uh, with two counselors who are over 18, uh, really college age uh college age kids with a lot of energy and a lot of boisterous fun and they just you know love kids and want to have fun um so they're set up uh in you know a younger boys bunk a uh um i guess middle-aged boys bunk and then the older boys bunk and and same thing with the girls uh younger girls middle age and uh older girls and you know over the course of of the 10 days they'll they have you know they eat meals together They'll do the, the flag raising in the morning and eat meals together. And then they'll have a couple activity periods uh, throughout the day in the morning, with which include, you know, uh, horseback riding or hiking or sports or archery or uh, waterfront uh, stuff. Um, and then, then they'll eat lunch together as a group and, and then uh, go right back at it in the afternoon. And then they'll have a, uh, um, some siesta time and some uh, um, flag lowering and dinner and then uh, evening programs, um, you know, some theatrical stuff, some craft stuff. And uh, it really, the, and it, there's a lot to offer on the ranch. It's uh, you know, 260 plus acres of, of uh, enjoyment for them uh, to enjoy nature and uh, be disconnected from the phone and the, the iPad and the game systems and all that, and uh, and just have fun as a as a uh, as a group and build some bonds that hopefully last a, a long, long time. Marcy, do you have anything to add? No, I think that that's right. All of the activities take place on the property. We have our own private little green valley surrounded by hills. There's a hill, Echo Hill, which the children climb with their bunkhouse group once a session and can put a flag on the top and have okay. breakfast breakfast up there. We have a uh, river, uh, Wallace Creek, that's above ground on the property for about a mile. So we have a very natural, beautiful swimming area, a shallow water and deep water area, and some additional campsites. And uh, the horses are here and ready to go. And uh, it's a it's a really um, beautiful place to be in nature and relax. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm I'm lucky enough to come out and be a part of it for for the next um, for for that first session with the kids and everything. So I'm really looking forward to it. And. Uh, what, um, as far as your volunteers are concerned, Marcy, so um, you 
you, I'm assuming that you have volunteers that specialize in horsemanship and, you know, um, will be on site for lifeguarding and all sorts of different things. So can you share a little bit about that and what parents could potentially expect should they be interested in signing their children up for um, Echo Hill Camp? Sure. Uh, so building on our, um, you know, decades of experience, uh, we're also certified through the Texas State Board of Health, which is the organization that uh, certifies and licenses camps in the state of Texas. So, for example, certain programs like a waterfront program, a horseback riding program, the instructors, the senior instructors, must meet certain standards and have certain certifications. Mm -hmm. So there's a minimum amount of experience, a minimum amount of training. Uh, Sometimes there's very specific courses, but folks that are heading up activities in that area uh, would have special certification. We also have on the ranch our own camp infirmary, and that's staffed. We have a camp doctor who is an Echo Hill alumni. Uh, He's now a physician and archery expert, and his folks actually met at Echo Hill. So he'll be here uh, organizing and setting up everything uh, for the infirmary, and then we'll have an on-staff infirmary counselor and a doctor on call who's local. There's also special certifications for the kitchen. Uh, We care a lot about our meals. They're important uh, physically, emotionally, spiritually in many ways when you're breaking bread together. So we have a very experienced uh, kitchen staff, and they are also certified through all the certifications necessary for the state and for their own professional work. The water supply from the ranch comes from our own well and pumping system that's set in the Trinity Sands. So it's a very uh, fresh and strong water system, and then it passes through filters and chlorination and so on while camp is going on, and that water is tested regularly. Each bunkhouse that children stay in have their own bathrooms attached with uh, hot and cold water. They have their own uh, toilet sinks and commodes there. Overall, staff to campers, we have a one-to-four ratio, and each bunkhouse has a minimum of two counselors, counselors that are over 21 or college graduates. So um, it's, uh, um, it is really the important part of camp that we have a good sense of who every child is, to know each child as an individual, what uh, their strengths are, what some of their challenges are, and what are the best ways to uh, meet them and support them in that. Mm-hmm. So it's a very uh, warm and caring environment. We do have some educators, teachers, and several uh, counselors who specialize in trauma with children who are in town or kind of come and go as needed. So it's it's a very uh, robust and strong staff. Mm-hmm. And I think we might have mentioned this earlier But I think maybe Bobby was talking about the, um, you know, kind of letting kids be kids. We consciously decided not to take a medicalized approach. So the children and the families that are coming and the groups that are referring them, no, we're not specifically doing grief counseling or grief therapy. If there's a child who comes and and doesn't want to mention anything at all about their loss the entire session and they want to run around and ride horses and look for arrowheads, that's fine. If there's somebody who does or somebody who didn't expect because the grief can come and go in waves and be stimulated by many different things, then we'll be ready to uh, support and nurture that person. And we'll have some memorial activities, and those will be... um, 
up to the children, which they which they are comfortable to join. Mm-hmm. So we found also that that model has gone over very well with a number of our partners. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Well, it sounds like you guys have thought about everything and kind of, <laughs> um, you know, um, I mean, when you're working with one of the most precious things in the world, you, you have to, right? Absolutely. And you're taking the responsibility for other people's children. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I wanted to go back, um, Bobby. I know we spoke about, you know, this being a 10-day, um, like, sleepaway camp, but it it is so much more than that. And in this conversation with you and Marcy, I feel even more a sense of family and, um, you know, wanting the children to feel connected. And tell me what your thoughts are about that. Um, why, why is this so much more than just a 10-day sleepaway camp from your perspective? Yeah, well, I, I think Marcy says it best. She says, you know, the, one of the things that a parent can't give their child is an away-from-home experience. And, you know, in, the, in this community, um, you know, that may be even harder uh, given the, the nature of their loss to where, you know, a mother or a, or a father or even a sibling would would not want to, you know, have that away from home type of experience. But, you know, this a, a 10 day session, you know, think about it, you know, an eight year old, uh, a lot of times even flying across country to stay on a ranch in Texas to, to go have fun. I mean, what a maturing experience that is and empowering uh, for that child um, to be able to do that and to have that experience, not just individually, but you know, with with peers that they can connect with and who more most likely understand some of the the emotions and and uh, and issues that, that have come up. And it's different for childs you know, for children, right? I mean, we have some children that are coming to camp who's who were were still in the womb when their father died, and mm-hmm. and there's so they never knew their dad or. Uh, or they just know them through, you know, through their their other family members. Um, and then we have other children who have had very, very strong and, and tight relationships. And so it's going to be different. And, you know, the, the grief process, it's not necessarily linear for children. Uh, it, it would ebb and flow with their maturity level and with their growth. Um, so just having a community or an, an experience like this where they can just have fun and um, enjoy themselves, develop some maturity, um, maybe do some things that they've never done before. Maybe they, some of them have never even seen a horse. Um, so we're just really excited for that. We're, we're excited to offer that experience, you know, to this very, very special community. Thank you, Bobby. Um, I, I think that's, that's really, really awesome. And, um, you know, it sounds like, uh, <laughs> You guys, like I said, you know, have thought of everything in reference to um, what, you know, what this camp should should be. And also with the legacy of, of Marcy and Kinky's parents and, and everything. So it's really exciting, really, really exciting. So um, I know that we talked a little bit about volunteers and uh, military installations around the Medina, Texas area. Um Bobby, who, like, you don't have to specifically say who, but I get the sense that there are um, there are 
members of the military community that are attached to different bases in and around San Antonio, that area, that have become involved and are volunteering their time, whether it's ranch cleanup or tell us about those opportunities that are available for our, our servicemen and women that want to give back. Sure. As you know, as Marcy mentioned, we've had a great uh, group of volunteers just around that local area who have selflessly, you know, they've heard of the camp and they've selflessly donated their, their spare time to come up and do, do work on a camp, you know, that's been around for 60 years. You know, some of the buildings are, 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 you know, older than others that need some repair and, you know, everyone has their own level of expertise that they can help out, whether it's just, you know, painting or, or doing brush clearing or actually some more skilled work, like, you know, replacing, uh, or redoing a whole bathroom or, or putting in a new air conditioner. I mean, it, they, they come and they see a, a need and they, uh, figure out a way to to do it and they and they get it done and it's just been real we're really really thankful for that and i mean i'm thinking of one a soldier in particular he's a young young soldier who comes up uh almost every weekend and and decides to use his his rare sundays to come up and just give his time to help out and and make the ranch uh, even more of a beautiful place and more of a welcoming place for, for kids when they arrive. And, and just someone doing that out of the kindness of their heart is, uh, it, I mean, we couldn't do it without them. Um, so they, uh, we're, we're just so thankful for them, not just in the military, but also, you know, those uh, civilian volunteers in the community or, or Echo Hill alum that have been so dedicated to this project. Yeah, it's fantastic. And I, and I love that. Um, Echo Hill alumni are coming back to to volunteer and, and pay it forward uh, for someone else. And I think that speaks volumes to the quality of the program that, that your parents, you know, established back in the 50s, Marcy. So um, it's really, really cool. Um, Marcy, can you tell me how someone can get in touch with Echo Hill, um, not only to potentially register their child for um, camp, but also volunteer their time. Yes, so right now uh, the best, uh, easiest way is probably to go to our website, which is echohill.org. Please, folks, can take a look at the website, echohill.org, and that will have information about how to get in touch with us, how to volunteer, how to donate, how to get information about uh, registering campers. We have a special uh, mailbox, which is Military Outreach, military.outreach at echohill.org, military.outreach at echohill.org. And uh, Bobby and some of our military volunteers and uh, myself are on that mailbox. That's an easy one to remember. And uh, they're also welcome to uh, do the old-fashioned pick up a telephone and give us a call. Uh, The ranch line is 830-589-2520, And Sherry, as you've nicely explained uh, in such a kind way, there's really room for everybody. Everybody is welcome. We can use the help and we'll do it. Very good. Very good. Um, Well, Marcy, you and your brother, Kinky Friedman, brought life back 
to Echo Hill Ranch and in, you know, all with, with honoring the legacy of your parents who um, had such great love for helping children. What is your hope for the future of Echo Hill? Our hope is that children will be able to return summer after summer and they will see Echo Hill as a place that is a safe and a happy summer home where they can be themselves and get older. They can um, look at the leadership training program and becoming volunteer staff and uh, get, you know, get involved in other ways. Mm-hmm. We also hope to be able to increase the number of sessions, perhaps slowly over time. And we'll look at our lessons learned from our Trailblazers summer. We've nicknamed the summer Trailblazers. <laughs> so perhaps we want to have more sessions. Perhaps we find out that certain dates are better than others for the community. Uh, we're open to some other variations. There's been some discussion about children who are coping with a family member who's been severely wounded in the hospital for a year, year and a half. Maybe something for families. One of our alumni, uh, we also are looking for perhaps a program for children of fallen first responders. Mm-hmm. A number of the groups that, that we've talked to that support uh, the military are also involved and support for families of fallen first responders. So we'd hope, we hope that this can slowly um, gain more and more as, the, as the, uh, the roots get deeper, building on what we already have, and perhaps someday be a, a self-sustaining foundation, mm-hmm. you know, where, where we know we're set for the summer and how many camperships we have, and see, you know, do we want to have an event in the springtime? Do we want an event over the winter holidays? So I think that kind of... Um, a development. Um, we're open to it, and we'd like to see this uh, going on for a long, long time while we're here, and uh, perhaps after uh, uh, we no longer are. Right, so. right. Well, I think the possibilities are really endless when you um, are talking about military families and the needs, uh, you know, and the outreach that you guys are going to do for first responders and, and the, the community in general. Um, I, I think the possibilities are endless, so it's it's very exciting. And um, I know, you know, it's it's funny when we talk about the Trailblazers and this being sort of the inaugural year again, you know, or revitalizing the program. But ultimately, there will be there will be lessons learned, and that's good. That that's good. And you know, you just you learn from that. But as Bobby and I were talking the other day. The children, you know, they're they're gonna their experience is gonna be very different than what an adult stands back and actually witnesses and realizes, <laughs> right. you know. So I, I think, right. you know, I think the possibilities are endless, and and what a positive and such a thoughtful approach to holding a, a, a children's camp. And um, I don't know, it's it's really exciting. It's exciting for the EOD Warrior Foundation to be a part of it this year, and. My hope is that once this this session is over and we look at 2022, you know, maybe there will be some other options presented. And uh, just, you know, it's it's just really cool to be a part of it. So thank you for thank you both for your time today and talking with me. It's a real and, honor for us to uh, yeah. be able to serve and be involved. It's an honor and a pleasure. Yeah. Well, thank you, Marcy. Um, thank you, Sherry. You are welcome. And before I let the both of you go, um, I do like to have a little bit of fun. And I ask 
some of some questions <laughs> called "What are your favorites?" So, Marcy, I ladies first. So I'm going to start with you. So, what's your favorite season of the year, Marcy? Summer, of course. Summer, Summer of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. How about your favorite way to unwind? I enjoy being in nature. I find that very relaxing, uh, walking or hiking, uh, sometimes by myself, sometimes with friends, sometimes listening to music, and sometimes just uh, listening to the sounds of the wind and the birds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about your favorite ice cream flavor? Oh, yes, mint chocolate chip. Woo. Mint chocolate chip. <laughs> I was seduced away for a while by uh, cookies and cream, but I've returned loyalty, loyally to mint chocolate chip. Okay, awesome. <laughs> and on a hot <laughs> summer Texas day, there's nothing better than an exactly. ice cream cone, right? <laughs> exactly. Awesome. Well, Bobby, uh, you are up next. So what is your favorite style of music, Bobby? Oh, wow. Um, I guess I'll just go with music with great songwriters, kind of like, uh, like Kinky, you know, who writes just wonderful lyrics. Um, you know, I think of like a Chris Stapleton or a, or now that I'm in North Carolina, the Avet Brothers. Mm-hmm. They're really good song singer songwriters. So that's kind of what I'm I've been into. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they come from the heart, right? And life experiences. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, very cool. How about um, your favorite food to cook on the grill? Oh, okay. Uh, well, this goes back to my. My Notre Dame days. This is a maybe an Irish thing, but I love doing bacon wrapped uh, um, Parmesan cheese cabbage. Okay. So you cook that on a grill, and it's a great like tailgating football side. So huh. to complement uh, a good meat. So. Okay. Well, you're going to have to share that recipe with me because I have not tried. All that. right. Yeah. 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 Okay. And the last one, what is your favorite book to read your children, Bobby? You know, we've really been into, uh, these are oldies, but the, the Berenstain Bears. Mm-hmm. They, uh, there's so like 50 of them, and they all have a really good message. And my, uh, my youngest son, he loves them. So that's kind of what we've been into lately. Okay. So, all yeah. right. Well, very cool. Well, what a pleasure it's been to speak with both of you today, and I appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedules. You know, showtime is is Monday for everybody, so <laughs> I know. Yay, uh, can't yeah, wait. Yeah, I know. Campus I can't here. wait. Yeah, and it's it's going to be awesome to meet you both. And when this podcast actually airs, we will have already. Um, well, we will already be entrenched in the retreat. You know, so at any rate. Um, I encourage all of our listeners to check out echohill.org and find out more about the ranch and the history and the legacy that um, Marcy and her brother Kinky Friedman are, you know, revitalizing and and sharing with everybody. And um, thank you both very, very much. Thank you for listening to our Behind the Warrior podcast. This series is provided to you by the EOD Warrior Foundation. To learn more, please visit us on Facebook or at eodwarriorfoundation.org. And don't forget to tell a friend.